Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor. And I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel. Actually, he's my husband, Norm. Hey. And every weekend, <laughs> we're here and we're doing life together. And we're so glad that you've joined us. You know, it's kind of nerve-wracking sitting in this uh, co-host chair. I don't know. So uh, if... I don't know. After all these years, can I be honest? You can be honest. Okay. We always are with each other. My heart's kind of pounding, and I've, I'm sweating, and I'm shaking. I, this is really bizarre. I feel dizzy, like I'm having trouble breathing. It, should we call the doctor? Am I dying or maybe just crazy? Well, if that were really true, and I'm really doubting <laughs> that you're really feeling like this because I know you, and you're a television person, so I know you don't get panic, but that does sound like somebody who would be having a panic attack. Well, you're right. Thankfully, that's not happening to me right now. <laughs> I just made it up. I was trying to be dramatic. You know, I just wanted to <laughs> kick it off in a, a nice way. But I've heard that it's real for about 11% of the people in the United States every year. That's a lot of panic and a whole lot of people feeling scared, right? It is because it's such an intense feeling of fear when it comes on you or you have that extreme nervousness that you sort of talked about and it comes on really suddenly. And most times panic comes without any type of warning. And even though there might not be any real threat or real danger right there, it sure feels like it is. Mm. So when panic happens, you feel it emotionally, cognitively, so in your mind, physically, and in fact, you feel like you are losing control. Maybe you could faint or even like you're having a heart attack or like you said, feeling like you might even die. Well, that's got to be scary. Wow. That, <laughs> I just can't imagine. It, it, it probably makes you go out of your way to avoid things that would cause it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it can, if it can happen anytime or anywhere, I'd hate to be all alone and have it happen, but I've heard that even celebrities who seem to be confident have these panic attacks. Is that right? Yeah, I remember reading that Missy Elliott, who Norm performed at the 2015 Super Bowl halftime. I couldn't tell you who that was that played in that Super Bowl. I don't remember. <laughs> we should have looked that we up. We should have, but she had a panic attack the evening before her performance. Missy Elliott, wow. who's a performer. And apparently it was so bad, this was, record, this was reported in one of my uh, medical journals, that she recorded required medical assistance. Hmm. So before she performed, she did a lot of self-talking. She was telling herself she could do it, you know, kind of mentally rehearsing that. But also, I thought this was an inter interesting quote from her. I know it was nothing but the grace of God that lifted me up, and it took me through that performance. Okay, I can top that. Okay. Even Oprah. No, not Oprah. Oprah. Not Oprah. Who we think never feels anxiety or anything, said in, a, in an interview back in 2013 that anxiety nearly caused her to have a nervous breakdown. She said, here's what she said. In the beginning, it was just sort of speeding and a kind of numbness and going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And I'll tell you, when I realized that, I thought, all right, if I don't calm down, I'm going to have serious trouble. 
Well, I guess she overcame it, right? (laughs) She must have figured it out. But you know Adele, who I think is an extremely talented singer. No kidding. Well, she told Rolling Stone that she has performance anxiety, a little bit different than panic. But but she said, I'm scared of audiences. Mm. And one of her shows in Amsterdam, she said, I was so nervous, I escaped out of the fire exit. I just got to bear it, she said, but I don't like touring. I have a lot of anxiety when it when it happens. Wow. You know, actors and actresses and singers, we don't think of them as having these kind of attacks. And we don't think of sports figures. You know, I love sports. And Joey Votto, who plays for the Cincinnati Reds, listen, six-time All-Star, league MVP. He experienced panic attacks. But help me with this one. It was after his father died. His attacks were so severe, he admitted that he was put into the hospital two times during that season. Here's what he said. It's difficult to explain what it's like to go through it. I just couldn't do my job. How is that tied to his dad? Yeah, so so a lot of times with anxiety, it's prompted by something of loss, something oh. that happens in your in your past that really feels like a time of it being out of control. I don't know his personal story, but there's something about that loss mm. that triggered it. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're mentioning these well-known people, we really want to make a point that Anyone can have a panic attack, even people who look confident and seem to look like they have it all together. Okay, help us get to the bottom of this. Why do we get panic attacks? Well, we don't really know why some people experience panic attacks or others develop what we call panic disorder. But we do know that it has to do with this perceived fear Mm -hmm. that you have. The brain and the nervous system play a really key role in how you perceive and handle fear and anxiety, and your emotions and your physical reactions are very connected. Well, that makes sense. So could medical issues kind of play into this? Could they bring on panic? It seems like if your body's going through all sorts of kind of craziness medically, maybe it responds with panic? Well, there are serious health health problems such like um, heart disease, thyroid disease, respiratory problems. They can cause symptoms that are similar to anxiety. Mm. So a lot of times people will have something related to the, what's going on physically in their body, medically, and the symptoms look like they're panic, but they might be related to that medical condition. So they can look the same. And that's one of the reasons why people get evaluated, because it might not be panic, it might be a medical problem. And then, Norm, there's, you know, the withdrawal from drugs or alcohol. Sometimes chronic conditions of chronic pain can bring on those symptoms, medications, supplements that people take. And here's a big one, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but caffeine. (laughs) If you drink a lot of caffeine, that can raise your anxiety, can also bring on panic in some people. And then there's stress, uh, fears that they have, memories of past traumas. A lot of things can actually trigger panic. Okay, I'm worried about Dylan. He drinks way too much coffee. Does he drink a lot of coffee? He's our technical producer. I know. Remember in college, I told you in college, I was drinking a ton of coffee, staying up all night studying, and I started to feel, you know, my heart was racing, Mm -hmm. and I was starting to feel more anxious. I didn't realize that. It was the caffeine. Okay, so look, if you can have one panic attack, can you have another? I mean, that would be worrisome. Well, some people have had one, and then they don't ever experience it again. But other people do have them regularly or sometimes even in a short space of time. So you might notice, for instance, that there's a particular place or a situation or some activity that seems to trigger those panic attacks. And, for example, they might happen before a stressful meeting. 
Well, I think I'd avoid those places. Well, that's not going to be the key, though. We're going to talk about that. It's not the strategy we want to I'm go for. I'm just saying, once I've identified the yeah. sucker, I'm not going around Well, it. that's what people do, and then it just continues to be problematic. Oh. So do these things last a long time? I mean, I can't imagine that kind of intensity lasting for, I don't know, minutes, much less days or hours. I mean, most panic attacks last anywhere between 5 to 20 minutes. Wow. But they can come on very quickly. Um, you know, they can come on really quickly. Your symptoms will usually be at their worst within about 10 minutes. Uh, you might also experience symptoms of a panic attack over a longer period of time. And this might be because you're having a second panic mm. attack, like back to back, mm -hmm. and you're experiencing some other symptoms of anxiety. And having a panic attack, though, I want to say, does not mean you have a psychiatric disorder of panic disorder. Okay, you need to help me with that. What's the difference? Well, panic disorder involves more of a what we would call a persistent um, sort of worry about having more panic attacks and a lot of anxiety around the consequences of it. When you have panic uh, disorder, you really obsess and you worry about losing control during a panic attack and you change your behaviors. Like you said, Norm, you start avoiding situations. Mm -hmm. Basically... You have a lot of distress, a lot, a lot of distress, and it's interfering with your daily life. Okay, so we need some good news, please. Is this treatable? Can we fix this? Yes, and that is the good news. It's highly treatable, so get help. If you think that you have anxiety or a panic disorder, see a therapist who knows how to work with this. <sighs> Thank you. I'm feeling less anxious. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to what you can do if you have one. So, Norm, remember how your mom used to quote scripture and say, and it came to pass? Oh, my goodness. That was her thing, right? She said it all the time. Well, it will pass. And that's something really good to remember during panic, that if you tell yourself, okay, okay, here's those feelings. They are going to pass. I am not dying. No physical harm is being caused. Panic is basically a perceived, perceived fear. Oh, so it's not really a fear. It's just a perceived fear. It's a perceived fear. fear. I think I'm... Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so a deep breath might take my mind off of it or help me. It actually does. Deep breathing can help bring a panic attack under control. So try to breathe deeply, slowly, concentrate on your breath, breathe deeply from your abdomen, fill up your lungs slowly, steadily, while counting to maybe four on both the inhale and the exhale. Oh, good. You know, Dylan can count to four. I know. He's great at yeah, that. Four. Now, listen, I do need to say that for some people, deep breathing can make panic attacks worse. So in these cases, the person has to try to focus on doing something they enjoy instead, maybe distracting their brain away from those thoughts of fear. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so you and I have a friend who loves lavender. She sells lavender. She grows lavender. She thinks it's perfect for calming. Does it really? It's supposed to bring a sense of calm relaxation. It actually reduces anxiety by calming down that fight or flight feeling that we're talking about, which is how panic hmm. comes up. There are some studies that show it helps with anxiety. Um, I once saw a woman who was very anxious on a plane, and I saw her. She was talking to me about it, and then she put some lavender essential oil under her nose, and she said it really helped her stay calm. So, hey, you know what? It's worth a try. I don't know that it would stop a panic attack, but maybe it helps a little bit for some people. The lavender placebo effect. <laughs> maybe or maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. According to the studies. Okay. Would it help to just go find a quiet place, get away from it all? 
it might. It really does help to leave a busy place, move somewhere quiet, maybe lean up against a wall, sit in that place for some calm. That really is a good thing to do. You've said in your book about pain that you can be distracted from pain. Can you be distracted from panic? Yes. When you get overwhelmed with distressing thoughts or feelings or memories, concentrate on something physical in the room that can help you, or if you're outside, that can help ground you in the moment. For example, look at an object, think about how it feels, who made it, you know, what shape it is. This technique is distracting the feeling part of your brain mm. to the thinking part, and that really helps with panic. I love faking myself out. It's a wonderful it's thing. It's distracting. It's distracting the brain. <laughs> well, it sounds like a grounding thing, like you said. And I think that's something we should explore further. And we'll probably do it right after the break. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. See you in 60 seconds. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. Well, welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder, you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Dr. Linda Mental, and Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. You can also listen to our podcast on MyFaithRadio.com or on any of your favorite podcast platforms like, you know, iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. Easy peasy, take us with you wherever you want to go. We're there. I love it. It's podcasting. You can listen when you're walking, running, doing all kinds of stuff. So. It's it's the wave of the future. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> We're here. We're in the future. We're in the future. <laughs> Okay, we were talking about grounding techniques yes. about panic and helping us with panic. So if you're just joining us, we were panicked. I was panicked because we were running out of time. So now we're not. <laughs> what are some more of these grounding techniques we were talking about? So there are lots and lots of ways to distract the brain away from anxious feelings. And the reason we do that is because we're trying to get the brain away from that feeling part of the brain that's creating all that anxious stuff, you know, heart pounding and all the fear, the fear that's coming up. And we're trying to engage the part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex, which is the thinking part of the brain, because then it will calm down that feeling part of the brain. Hmm. So there, you can do a couple of things. We talked about, you know, looking at something in the environment. You can really do it with another sense. So if using your senses is what we're going to be talking about. So you can listen for four distinct sounds. Like... Like we're sitting in a studio, we, we try to listen to hear if we can hear the heater, which we fortunately turned off because it was making a lot of noise. If we can hear a buzz, a if bird. we hear a bird, ah. anything that is around you. and Because if you, you focus on that. You focus on ah. it. So you're focusing your brain on something very specific. Um, think about where they came from, what sets them apart. Or you can touch 
three objects. So you can, we have microphones in front of us. We could touch the microphone, focus on that, maybe touch the table, um, touch the floor, make sure your feet are on the floor, consider the textures, the temperature, what their uses are. You can even do something like identify a couple of smells. Don't talk about Dylan. <laughs> He's on Dylan, right? Yeah, so it's you know, his last show with us. I I've got, well, we I have, have one more. We have one more. Oh, that's him. true. We get we one, more. one more. Okay, good. So you're harassing them, you know, but um, one of the you know the different smells. So this could be the smell of your coffee, hmm. your soap, the laundry detergent on your clothes, and then we call this five, four, three, two, one. So we're giving uh, numbers of things that you can focus Catch. on, but you can even think of one thing that you can taste. So notice whatever taste is in your mouth or try tasting a piece of candy. So as you think of these things and you get these senses involved in a different way, your brain moves away from the fear and to the present moment. That's what grounding means. I'm grounding in the moment instead of this perceived fear. So let me wax spiritual for a moment. It seems like maybe reading the Bible would also work. A scripture like one that a lot of us us know is Second Timothy one seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self control. And so I think it's helpful to pray that and even to say that to yourself. So think about focusing your brain on that scripture mm-hmm. and or maybe even the name of Jesus while you breathe um, in and out. That can really help too. So that again. I'm not saying scripture is distracting because it has power, right? Scripture has power in it. But if you can focus on something else and then use that scripture and the power of Jesus' name, that really does calm the spirit. And while it's not distraction, it's also distraction because it takes us our mind away from what we're feeling. And puts right? it on Christ. And puts it on him, yeah. which is much smarter. In the past, you've talked about uh, relaxation and some of the programs so what about trying to relax your muscles? Because I know you have this whole thing from top to bottom about relaxing muscles. Yeah, because when you get into panic, what happens with your muscles? They tense Tighten up. up. Yeah, right. everything tightens right. up. So it's really a good idea if you're prone to this to practice a, some type of muscle relaxation. And we've done shows, we've talked about progressive muscle relaxation, mm-hmm. where you listen to a tape, it takes you through the muscle groups, you tense it, and then you uh, release it. And that's a really good way. That can actually help you even prevent an attack. Hmm. And this is, again, because the mind senses that the body is relaxing. And then other symptoms such as rapid breathing, those begin to go down. Um, and so you're, you're doing the opposite of allowing your body to rev up. Right. You're calming it down. So once we get a handle on this, shouldn't we also try and figure out what's happening maybe in our brain that makes us trigger to panic attacks? Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. A a person's panic attack may often be triggered by the same thing. So sometimes people are triggered by enclosed spaces Mm -hmm. or crowds or a problem with money comes up. Um, Sometimes people just don't know. It's not real evident. But by learning to manage those triggers or noticing when I'm having that panic, what's actually happening at the moment you might be able to reduce the frequency and even the intensity of those attacks. But I said it before, avoiding triggers doesn't really solve the problem. You, When it comes to fear and anxiety, you have to face the fear hmm. and move through it to hmm. get better. That's scary. Well, it is at the moment, but right. when you 
face it and move through it, you get to the other you side. Feel good, you go, probably. you go, wait, I didn't die. Yeah. Nothing bad happened. I actually made it through. And that creates what we call mastery, which makes you think right now, oh, I, I'm doing better with this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's really helpful. So there's a feeling of accomplishment, I yes. would imagine. It goes yes. with that. Over and over. Everything I see nowadays says lifestyle changes, lifestyle changes. What does that mean and would those help? Yeah, well, we mentioned caffeine. Right. So the very first thing is if you have any tendency to be anxious or have panic, I would cut way back on the caffeine. Maybe even cut it out if you can. And you bought Dylan a coffee cup. I did, and I got him a Starbucks mug, too. <laughs> so I'm in a Starbucks car, too, so there you go. But, um, you know, Dylan didn't tell me he was having panic attacks, no, so true. I was okay with that. Um, exercise regularly. You know, the natural endorphins that are released in the brain really help improve your mood, and they can be calming. Eating a healthy diet, uh, staying hydrated. Sometimes panic and anxiety comes because we're dehydrated. Oh. Manage stress. Uh, talk to your doctor before taking any type of herbal supp- supplements or over-the-counter medications because some types of substances, even if they're herbal or natural, can increase anxiety. Um, if you're a smoker, boy, that's a good one to get rid of. Mm. Alcohol can make people more anxious in the long run. I mean, it sounds counterintuitive because people drink to relax, but then over a period of time, you start getting more anxious. And marijuana, let's just put that out there, that does increase anxiety Hmm. in the long run. And it's one of the things that people use to calm down, but it actually is making the problem worse. And then the big one, Norm, that a lot of people need help with is getting a good night's rest. Okay, I'm ready. Thank you. For the rest? Yeah, for the rest. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. So a little bit ago, you said something about perceived fear and panic is based on that. So I'm going back to the Bible and the whole concept of renewing your mind seems really appropriate here. It does. Because we know, as we said in that scripture, God hasn't given us that spirit of fear. Right. And with panic, you need to remember that just because you think something doesn't make it true. So just because you think there's a fear there doesn't mean there actually is a fear there. So you can look at that and say, there isn't anything right now. My, re- my body's reacting to something I'm perceiving, mm-hmm. but it's not real. And that means you don't have to act on it. So the part that we talked about, telling yourself that this is just your body reacting, you are not dying, you are not having harm, that's really important. Well, and then we also know that fear is the opposite of faith. That's right. So where the mind goes, the feeling goes with it. So if you're meditating on God's word, That's really important because that takes away fear. God is with you. He's on your side. You can trust him even when we can't trust other people and sometimes even Mm ourselves. He promises peace in our mind if we keep our mind fixed on him. And he tells us that his perfect love casts out all fear. And he told Joshua and he tells us to be strong and of good courage. Which could be applied to face your fears. Don't avoid them. Give them to the Lord. Let the panic come if it comes and, and let it go until you see that nothing bad is going to happen to you. Face it. You're going to survive this and it won't have so much power over you. So when it begins, breathe, distract, pray, and fix your mind on Christ. And St. Paul tells us to think good things while we're at it. That's the part of distracting your mind away from the fear and onto the good things of God. You know, I love that song, All My Life. You Mm -hmm. have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Such a reassuring song. And you know, it also says God's goodness is running after us. So if we set our mind on the goodness of God, let him catch us. It's the antidote to fear. 
fear is not from God. It is a strategy of the enemy used to keep us anxious, worried, and fearful. But God's love drives out that fear. So when you feel panic rising, focus your mind on the goodness of God. Okay, so before we end the show, what can we do if we are with someone experiencing a panic attack? So you should stay calm when you're with that person, and you should, you know, let them know you're experiencing panic. It's only panic. The person's not having a heart attack, even though it might feel like that if it's really panic. Get the person away from the commotion to a peaceful spot. Tell them to breathe. Start breathing really deeply. Do the breathing with them. Once they're breathing, have them focus on something like we talked about, the grass, the sky, anything that they can do. Tell them it's ground them, distract the brain, and let them know that no harm is coming to them. And then stay with them until they move through it. Pray. Remind the person that God is with them and that his presence is going to help them. So what does the Bible say about panic attacks? Anything? Not by name, but there are many situations that could have provoked people in the Bible. The Bible talks about people filled with fear, overcome with fear. So many passages that are there. Even David acknowledged his fears and accepted them. He didn't ignore it. He trusted God. Mm -hmm. And so God's presence with you. Focus on the goodness of God. That's all the time we have today. Could have talked a lot about this. Many thanks to our producer and co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation. Our technical producer, Dylan Valencia. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. The other day, I was cut off the road by a driver. Everything in me wanted to yell, hey, watch out. But I restrained myself knowing that yelling at the driver would not do so much good. And it wasn't the best way to deal with my anger. Anger easily rises up in most of us. Anger, while a natural emotion, needs to be dealt with in the right way. The Bible tells us, be angry, but do not sin. So what is the biblical way to handle anger? Well, this is a question I answer in my short and easy book to read, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. That small book has sold over 130,000 copies because of how practical and helpful it is to everyday living. So if you want to be angry but not sin, practice what Scripture teaches. Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness is available on my website, drlindamental.com, and online where books are sold. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.